welcome, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It is I, your fearless leader, your sassiness in the morning with your cup of joe, Dr. Aaron Wiseman. I don't know where that came up with it. Whatever. We're going with it. And today I am talking with Dr. Dawn Baker. Gosh, she surprises the pants right off of me when she talks about her story. I thought I knew this woman. And then we jumped on the podcast and my jaw just like hit the floor. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Be ready for me to like unexpectedly yell at the beginning. I apologize for that. I tried to bring the sound down a little bit. But she's talking today about practice balance. Practice balance in the fact of your practice being balanced but then also practicing balance. So it's kind of like a play on words, a little noun verb stuff going on. I was working on conjugations the other day with my eight-year-old and had to Google it. So no more English grammar, all sass and fun, inspiration to hopefully help you through your day and help you develop the life and the practice you love. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Dawn Baker. It's so great to have you with me here today. Thank you so much, Erin. I'm so excited to be here. All right. Well, you're such a fabulous colleague and friend. Why don't you tell the people out in podcasting world all about yourself? Well, I am a second career MD. I started out my adult life as an engineer, and I it took traveling and seeing the diverse world, going to many different countries as part of a journey that I had in rock climbing, uh, starting at an early age, that made me feel the pull of service and diversity of medicine. And I ended up pivoting to medicine kind of in my late 20s. Um, So I was a non-traditional medical student and I am now an anesthesiologist and school was great, but then residency was another story for me. I had an interesting experience in residency where in my mid thirties, I started to experience some strange symptoms and I thought that it was all pretty much age related and burnout related and burnout was kind of starting to become a thing in medicine that people were talking about. This is around maybe 2009, 2009, 2010. And I thought, Oh yeah, well, this makes sense. Um, I was at the time really, doing my best to try to be all the things to all the people, which was my MO all throughout my life, being the pleaser that, that I was and the good girl. And I was pursuing a competitive fellowship in anesthesiology and ignoring warning signs that were occurring to me. Uh, I had infertility issues and we were kind of trying to start a family at that time, or at least just exploring, talking about it. And this is as you can imagine, a little bit later than when most people start their families, so mid-30s. I had sleep disturbance. I had trouble with doing the procedures that I was supposed to be doing at work. And lack of focus and kind of just this anhedonia. I got on antidepressants, and I had never had an issue with depression before. And uh, long story short, it turned out that after 
a diagnostic odyssey lasting many months, I had a brain tumor and it was a pituitary adenoma that was quite large and was compressing my optic nerve and causing me to go blind and have all these hormonal dysregulation and all sorts of problems. And once I got that fixed, I finished my residency. So a little bit of a delay for sick leave and I am now practicing medicine part-time and I also blog and do speaking and coaching. Holy shit. <laughs> that is so much. Oh my gosh, I didn't know about the tumor. Oh yeah, yeah. That pretty much shaped the way that I practice medicine and my whole life from that point on. The diagnosis was about uh, nine years ago, almost to this day. Wow. And I'm really, really grateful this, that this happened to me because it really caused me to wake up, live life intentionally, not living for what other people, what I thought other people wanted me to do and really figuring out who I was and what my values were. Yeah. Gosh, talk about a like two by four moment, literally in your head, smacked in your face. Oh my gosh. So now knowing that about you, I can see where you've been on this path and why you've been doing it. And that to me, makes me love your set of words even more, which is practice balance. Gosh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and share more about what you're doing right now or, or your motivation for practice balance even more. Yeah, so I came up with the term, which is kind of one word, but it also can be two words. It's both a noun and a verb or like a command that we all need to practice balance in our lives, but also we have medical practices. And so it's practice balance um, as one word. And I started a blog under that name I wanted to, I love to write. And I initially started out writing, wanting to share the things that I had gone through with other physicians and professionals, people who feel like they're overwhelmed, who feel like they've lost themselves. And just talk about the kind of everyday things that happen in my life and how I deal with them and how I try to find my own brand of balance. And people really give the word balance a bad rep. They say, oh, there's no such thing as balance. Some people refuse to use the term, but I still really like the term because it is a continuous practice. It's like yoga where you can never be perfect at balance. It's something that you're always trying to work on. Like I heard, I think it was maybe a podcast that you guys were doing where you were talking about, you were doing with another guest where you were talking about mastery. And when is it that you feel like that you're, a master of your specialty or in your career. And I argue that you're never really truly a master. There's kind of this asymptote of getting better and better at something and things are thrown your way all the time where you end up, you know, down in a dip again and then back up. There's not a linear progression of things. Oh, definitely not linear. And it's like when you do get a hold of things, it's typically when we experience a shift either in practice treatment or management of something or some new technology comes out and it's like, all right, time to get the books out again and learn again. I think part yeah. of the mastery too is like acknowledging that point that there ever, never is any arriving. It's always like perpetual movement. Absolutely. And I look at balance as something that not only is a continuous practice, but it's a, it's a continuous assessment of your different roles in your life. And I like to think of it as an orchestra where you have all these different instruments and the different instruments are 
your roles that you're taking on. So you have physician or professional in another field, or you have a mother, wife, um, daughter to aging parents, those kinds of roles. And some of them are going to be on solo at different times. They're going to be the louder or the more prominent roles in your life. And then the other ones are still there, but they're on the back burner and it is constantly rotating. You can't really do them all at once. Just like an orchestra can't just have every instrument playing loudly all at one time. That does not work. So balance is really about kind of continuously rotating those different things at different times. Absolutely. And I love how your word, how you described it as both um, a verb and a noun. And so, you know, Dr. Meefers is 100% on board with practice balance as the command. But I would love to hear from the noun side of practice balance, how you're doing that and how you help others to do that. So I, when I experienced the health scare during my residency, I was going full force toward doing this competitive fellowship in my field. And it really, um, having that wake up call made me pause and kind of get off the treadmill. I like to call it the hedonic treadmill of achievement that a lot of physicians are on because we like getting gold stars. We are achievers. I recently listened to, I'm a, by the way, a uh, listener turned guest, I guess, as you like to call it. Yeah. (laughs) I just listened to your podcast with Dr. Laura Grimmer, where you guys were talking about um, that idea of um, uh, the achiever, like being, um, having that be a very common strength um, as physicians. And it's not actually one of my top five strengths, but uh, regardless, it's very common for physicians to be high achievers and to like to get the gold stars. And I woke up and said, do I really want this right now? What are the most important things for me? And so at that time, when I was kind of nearing the end of my residency and also just trying to take care of myself and get through this illness and figure out a new normal for me, which involves taking medications round the clock, basically, to keep myself alive, um, such as corticosteroids and things like that. Um, I uh, then said, well, what do I want to do with my career? And I decided that I wanted to have a more simple role in medicine and not be doing 100 different roles. I decided not to go down that role or that path of being an academic anesthesiologist where you have these multiple roles within your medical specialty. I wanted to have one role, which was to practice clinical anesthesiology and get better at it, see patients, and just focus on that one thing. And I think different people are different as far as how many roles they can take on with ease. But for me, I've just found that it's better to have a more simple set of roles. And so what I did was instead of going down that path of doing the fellowship and being all of the different things in anesthesia, I decided to just do clinical anesthesiology. So I found a job that was part-time and I don't think that balance necessarily needs to be part-time for people, but for me, it did need to be part-time. And I have still been practicing on a part-time basis while doing my blogging and then also kind of ramping up on recently speaking and doing coaching. 
Yeah, I love it. I being family medicine, um, I hear you a hundred percent. Like being all the things from you know from cradle to grave. I mean, it's it's like what was inbred in me, and I like embraced it so much, and I was like, yes. But, you know, really like simplifying. And I think a lot of people right now in our world are stepping back and asking that exact question. What is most important? And am I doing it? And does my life reflect what's most important? It really is what it's all about. And like you said, it's it doesn't matter about the time. Part-time, seasonal, full-time, double-time. It's what's finding like what your specific balance what your orchestra is maybe it's just a four-string quartet you know and not the whole huge thing and that that's been something in my own life that has been very invigorating to me to like cut players but then like add an accordion every once in a while I don't know <laughs> yeah absolutely I I know people who love the big loud orchestra that has the timpani in it and has the brass and all of the different instruments. I am much more of like a string quartet, small ensemble type of a girl. But um, the way that I help people is to help them figure out how to do a journey of self-knowledge. And it can look like a lot of different things, but it has multiple steps. And they need to first take a reset and kind of assess what all of their roles are, spend some alone time. And if you can do it, kind of in a different environment, I think that's great, like going on a trip or something, but not everyone can do that at the time when they really need to start their self-knowledge journey. But that's what I advocate is taking some time that's just you, where you're thinking about and meditating on what your roles are in your life and then which ones you wanna keep, which ones you don't. Establishing a growth mindset from the get-go that you can change these things and you are the agent of change. And then doing some personality assessments, really easy things that are simple and high yield. I have my favorites that people do. Clifton Strengths is one of them. That's um, what I was going to say. What are your favorites? I want to yeah, get So, so you and favorites, Laura need to be good friends. With we Clifton know each other. Yes. Well, good. I've done her um, beta testing of uh, one of her workbooks that she has specifically for how to apply the strengths to physicians. Um, so yes, um, that is one of them. One of mine is really simple. It's just, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And there are a couple of different ways to assess that, but I really like the book by Susan Cain called Quiet Revolution. And it is, it's geared toward explaining how introverts can work in a society that uh, rewards extroverts as far as like business and things of that nature, um, because I happen to be an introvert. But I really like her assessment because it talks about, it, it uh, assesses things from a self-care standpoint. So like not just um, do you like people or not like people, but like, are you um, a person that gains energy from being around people or does it zap your energy? And that I think is the key question. Um, like for instance, when I'm in a big conference, I have to go and retreat to my room to be by myself for a little while, or if I'm going to give a big talk in front of a bunch of people, I have to have alone time first or after to kind of rejuvenate. Um, so that's an example of one that I really like, and it's super easy to take in three. I like really easy tests that are free to take. Um, Myers-Briggs is one that I really do like as well. And then my absolute favorite though is Gretchen Rubin, Four Tendencies. 
because it gets at how you respond to habits and to expectations that you place upon yourself and other people place upon you. So I like that one. And then five love languages, which you can really apply to yourself and not just to relationships um, of the nature that you would expect, like a romantic relationship. It's much more than that. And I like um, also the five aspects, which is a psychology assessment um, rooted in psychology research of personalities. Um, so those are, those are the ones that I recommend to people when I work with people. I love it. And I'll put all those in the show notes. So if people want to um, dig a little bit more, um, I, I give kudos to all of those too. I think, and that's what I talk about with my clients that come to me is I don't care what you do, but you got to do something because <laughs> if you, it, it's, it's naming it, it's naming who you are. And like you said, your tendencies and just a good assessment because we're really good at assessing other people, but we're terrible when it comes to ourselves because I feel like we have had to put on so many masks and like shape ourselves into so many different roles that we've become a little amorphous at times. And so by having these assessments and what I like to really remind people is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably took that in the past. You are a different person today. And let's figure out what that is and be okay with it and know that down the road, you're going to be a different person then. And that's great too. And like you said, having the growth mindset of change is absolutely possible and you are the change maker that is going to make it happen. No longer is it just like the waves are hitting you. And I think that's a huge thing for physicians because we're so used to getting on the track of education and we're just like, well, we're here. This is what we got to do. This is our rotation month. You know, and, and working with residents too, I really try to empower them. And if we have any listeners to say, you may not feel like you have a lot of control in your residency education, but you have more than you think. And there is some gyrating room in there if you just let yourself explore that. And so, well, I love it. I love the reset. I think that's so important for everyone, knowing your roles, having time to sit with yourself and, and just explore is so, so important. And then growth mindset absolutely is huge. We're so parallel on so many different things. I love it. If people want to know more about you, if they are a fellow anesthesiologist, introvert, brain tumor survivor. Oh my God. Where can they come find you at? Um, well, my blog is called practicebalance.com and I write there fairly regularly. And uh, I am sometimes hired for speaking engagements as well. And I list those on my website. Um, I'm available for one-on-one -on -one coaching and I do offer a discovery call. And uh, mainly everything is, is on that blog. Wonderful. So we'll get it there. Thank you so much, Dawn, for coming on Dr. Me First and sharing your story and the incredible work that you're doing in the world. You are most welcome. You ready for that kick of encouragement? Whew. I don't know if I could be any more inspiring and encouraging than Dawn is. She's a total badass. I love her so much. And shout out to, to Dr. Laura Grimer. You just keep making reappearances on here and you don't even know it, my St. Louis friend. Well, let's do this kick of encouragement. And actually, I'm going to read to you today. So the book is called Life is Tough, But So Are You, written by Heather Stillufson. 
Sorry, Heather, if I butchered your name. Anyway, it's a great book. Here we go. Life is tough, but so are you. There will be times when you just have to take a deep breath, relax, and let things go. Focus on what and who matter to you. The rest will work itself out. Trust your own heart. No one knows what you want in your life better than you. What happened has happened. It's over and behind you. Don't let the past hold you back. Sometimes what you thought would be isn't, but what's going to be is better. And sometimes what may seem like the end is only the beginning. You're in control of where you are headed. If things aren't going as planned, it may be time to change directions. It's never too late to start over. Fresh starts and new beginnings are what this life is made of. At times, you will be met with obstacles, but always know you are capable of great things. When you start to doubt where it is you're going, take a moment to think about how far you have come. Let nothing be stronger than your determination. Whatever you are going through is only helping you to grow into the person you are meant to be. There are so many people in your life who believe in you, support you, and love you for who you are. You are resilient. You can overcome any challenges you may face. Learn from your mistakes, keep a positive outlook, and know that sometimes setbacks are actually part of success. Put fear behind you and walk with courage in all that you do. Keep hope with you wherever you go. Let it guide you through even the darkest and longest days. Every storm has a rainbow. You just have to look for it. There will be days when you feel like giving up, but don't. Days when you feel like you just don't have what it takes, but you do. Days when everything seems to be falling apart, but it won't. Life is full of ups and downs, but hang in there. Good things are coming your way. Remember, life is tough, but so are you. And also remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids.